You join Disney, you better be on time. You better have the right uniform on, look good. You've got to be nice to the guests. You don't have to be happy to work at Disney. You got to act happy for eight hours. We're work, we're putting on a show, baby. So when something was wrong, there was a crisis. They, they were part of it. I always told people, I'm not the boss. I'm part of the team. And you know, I'm not the boss. I'm a teacher. I go around teaching all day. My wife's very sick, right? My wife's got a lot of problems right now with her back. And she's in a lot of pain, and she's going to physical therapy. And over our whole marriage, I'll be laying on the couch, you know, doing something. She'll say, "Can you do this? Can you do that?" And I always had a bad attitude. Oh God, again, you know, you know, chilling. But now she's got some pain and problems. And I said to her the other day, I said, "Priscilla, I want to tell you something. I'm going to take care of you, and I don't care what you ask me to do. I'm going to do it because I've had a change of attitude." She said, "How did you do that?" I said, "I decided to do it, and now I'm doing everything in the house, and she's happy, and I'm not I'm not mad anymore because I know why I'm doing it. Everybody's important. Take a soccer team. Everybody's important, and the coach doesn't play. The coach makes sure he gets the team with attitude, be on time to practice, uh, don't get in big fights, don't get yep red cards, uh, you know." <laughs> But if anything you don't know is your own fault,、mm-hmm. you have that phone in your pocket, you have Google. Anything you don't know is your fault. No excuse. No excuses. This is not like 1940 where you had to go get your encyclopedia. Doing all good? I'm good, thank you. Thank you for taking your time to be with、sure. us. Yeah, actually, actually, this is my first interview in English. Most of my,、yeah. the people that I that I have here are full Spanish, but yeah, so happy to have you. Well, thank you, appreciate it. <laughs> so,、uh, can you share a bit about your background and journey to becoming、uh, the executive vice president of operations for Walt Disney World Resort? It was luck. <laughs> That's a good one. I grew up on a farm in Oklahoma. We were extremely poor.、Uh, we didn't even have indoor plumbing. We,、uh, my mother was married five times.、Uh, I've been adopted twice. I got my name Cockerel when I was sixteen by husband number four, who had <laughs> money. So I got to go to college. I went to college for two years and flunked out because I never went to class. And then I went in the army in 1964. And、uh, when I got out of the army, I went to Washington D.C. with a fellow I met in the army, and I got a job as a waiter at the、oh, Washington、gosh. Hilton. And I started there. And I, I tell people my success was because I have a good attitude and I'm very reliable. Not today, but generally. <laughs> and uh, uh, I uh, kept getting promoted. I got promoted into the accounting department, and then finance, and then. I got transferred to Chicago, and then to the Waldorf Astoria in New York, and then to Los Angeles. And、uh, I met my wife in the first hotel. We've been married 55 years. And、uh, then I、uh, joined Marriott in 1973. I stayed with them for 17 years. I became the vice president of food and beverage for them. And、uh, in 1990, I was recruited by Disney to go to France and open Disneyland Paris. 
and I did that for three years, and then I came back to Orlando and and was put in charge of all operations. So uh, that's my story. What, what motivated you to pursue a career in hospitality and leadership? I had a friend who said he was going to do it, and I didn't know what he, I didn't know anything, so I just said I'll do that too. He <laughs> ended like up going, he ended up going in the oil business, but. <laughs> I didn't. Even know, I didn't even know I would go to college. I mean, I a little town, little nobody. Nobody. I mean, I didn't even. I had no goals in my life. I don't. I still don't. <laughs> so just, I try to wake don't. up every day and do the best I can and do a good job. And uh, and I do a lot of uh, research, a lot of learning. I read every day. I follow podcasts. I. I but the I would say the main success was experience and exposure. You know, when I left Oklahoma, I'd never been anywhere. And now I've been to 45 countries. I do work all over the world. I know people from everywhere. And uh, that exposure, you know, working in New York City, Chicago, Los Angeles, Paris, that changes you. And uh, that's why I tell young people today, education, you may get it by yourself, or you may go to college, one or the other. Uh, then make sure you get a lot of a good experience. All experience is good. And then exposure, meet people, meet other people, uh, you know, do things that make you uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> that's how you grow. You just, you do the hard things and uh, you get, mm -hmm. they get easier. Yeah. And let, let me ask you something, because you, you, you know, you said it like, Like if it was very lightly, you know, and, and it's like your story is huge. Like you, you had so many employees under your your supervision. Um, what leadership lessons did you learn from, during your time at, at Disney that you find universally applicable in various industries? I would say the main thing I've come to a conclusion on over the years at Marriott and Disney was that uh, if you want to be excellent, everything matters. Every hmm. detail. Hmm. And on time, how you look, what you say, what you don't say, being clear with your team, having good standards, good policies, good procedures, good operating line guidelines, training your people and enforcing it. Uh, you know, it's like there's a way to do things and Disney tries to find the best way. And then mm -hmm. we do it every day. Everybody does it. And then if we find a better way, then we start doing that. But mm -hmm. everything matters. You know, hmm. I mean, details, details, details. So you got to have good leadership. You got to have good people that are really organized. They can they can manage themselves and their business. And uh, then you got to hire the right people. You know, hmm. I always say the three things Disney does better than anybody else. We hire better, we train better, and we treat them better. Uh, and hmm. uh, so hire them right, train them right, and treat them right. And you will have a successful business. Uh, and by the way, you need experts today. Everything's very complex. You can't do everything yourself. People ask me what I did at Disney. I said nothing. I had great people around me. I just made sure everything got done. Yeah. I, did, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. But it's not that easy because it, 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 you can tell that, that your leadership, it's, it's top notch. Um, how do you approach leadership in a way that foster a positive and productive work culture when you have so many people there? Well, my reputation grew because I actually do believe that everybody matters and I believe everybody uh, deserves respect and, 
I, do, I believe we should be training and developing people, making their lives better. Uh, just, you know, more, most people have a lot of problems today. They're barely living on the edge, and especially in the hospitality business. And, mm -hmm. and they got kids at home and maybe no husband and poverty and you name it. And uh, I, my theory is when they come to work, they, I, I try to create a culture where everybody matters and they know they matter. And they wake up in the morning, they want to come to work because we treat them right. We respect them. We listen to them. We want to hear their opinion. We, and so people wake up in the morning, they're glad to come because it's better than home. And uh, so I think it's just a matter of having respect for everybody. Everybody matters. That's the number one thing in life. Everybody if you don't believe matters. everybody matters, you're going to have problems in your life. Because everybody and, matters. You're totally right. And, and having all these people, like you've written books about this, like ma time management and productivity. Uh, we know it's a crucial aspect of leadership. Can you share some strategies you've used to stay organized and productive, especially in high pressure environments? Yeah, sure. I mean, I'm a big fan of routine. When you have routine and you have a way you do things, uh, you schedule the priorities in your life. You put them in your calendar. You, uh, I, I, my routine was I went to work around 6.30 every morning, about an hour and a half before my first meeting so I could get organized, do my email, have a quiet time. And then I, uh, I have a planner that I plan my day every day and what to do today, tomorrow, next week, Christmas, in many parts of my life, you know, your life is not only work. <laughs> it's, you got a wife, kids, you got a, your health to take care of. You've got your future to take care of, your knowledge, uh, taking a course, uh, uh, your finances, uh, your parents getting older, your grandparents. Uh, mm -hmm. your, I think many, most people don't think about how many responsibilities they actually have. So mm -hmm. they don't spend time on them. So you get older and it's too late. You know, 100%. you've got to be thinking ahead. I, you know, I said to somebody, I knew I was going to get old, but I didn't know it was going to be this quick. <laughs> so <laughs> I have a 54-year-old son. Where'd he come from? Wow. Uh, you look yeah. so young. I've been married 55 years. Uh, um, you know, it's time goes by and time is not on your side. And I tell people, if you don't get organized, that's why I have this time management book I wrote right up there. And uh -huh. uh, you cannot do everything you should do if you don't have a system. You've got to have a system. You can't just mm -hmm. say, oh, I hope I remember. Maybe most people you deal with are unreliable. Mm -hmm. And the two most important things in your career are good attitude and reliability. The other stuff is easy. Hmm. Because if, if you have a good attitude and you're reliable, I'm going to love working with you. You're high potential. I just Definitely. have to train you, teach you, send you back to school, whatever. That's. But if you've got somebody with a bad attitude and they're unreliable and they're disorganized, and they, forget it. Yeah. It's so and then I think that we lead with empathy and discipline. Understand mm -hmm. people don't, people have issues. You need to use empathy and discipline, like your mother, like your mother did. Yeah, she loved you, but she will kick your butt. And uh, right, quite and simple. <laughs> right, within two yeah. minutes. And uh, because doing the right thing is hard, 
-hmm. When you have something hard to do, it's probably the right thing. Mm -hmm. Mothers don't care. All they care about is you being successful. They don't care if you're happy today. That's your problem. But, <laughs> and that's how we need to think. These are people. These are people's lives. You talk about the power of leadership. You can totally change somebody's whole life 10 years from now by how you treat them and mm -hmm. speak to them, train them, develop them. And they're going to have a better life. Their kids are going to have a better life. And there's ever the potential is all around us. Mm -hmm. You know, when I was 20 years old, I knew nothing, but I had potential. <laughs> and the and attitude. That's it. And I had and attitude, attitude and reliability. And that got me on the way. And, and then that's it. That, that's, that got me the, that was the key that opened the door. The key that opened the door. I think that this podcast might be called like that. Um, another thing that I, that I, that I saw while, while during my research is the way you, you explain the customer service excellence. And, and I know Disney is renowned uh, for its exceptional customer service. Um, what are some key principles that contribute to creating magical, a magical customer experience? Because I think it's very important. It's about service. I tell people magic is when you, you do it so well, nobody can figure out how you did it. <laughs> you know, and they say, how'd you do that? Well, be great. And I would say the key is literally in business, it's you got to hire the right people and you got to get rid of the wrong people. Mm -hmm. You got to be clear with your people. Clarity of expectations. <laughs> you join Disney, you better be on time. You better have the right uniform on, look good. You've got to be nice to the guests. You don't have to be happy to work at Disney. You got to act happy for eight hours. We're, work, we're putting on a show, baby. It's a show. <laughs> and you're paying for the show. And in your business, all businesses are putting on a show. And you've got to have the right actors. You've got to train them. You've got to practice. You've got to correct them. You got to, And then you, every day you have a great show. Hmm. Some, the biggest problem is most leaders don't get rid of the bad players. Get rid of the bad actors. Oh, well, I don't know. <laughs> no. Like, you've got to fix out, them or get them out. And if hmm. you're more clear when you hire them, You'll have more success. Wow. Total clarity. So there's no misunderstandings. And, and in the, in the fast paced business environment, uh, obviously change is inevitable. How do you recommend leaders to navigate and lead their teams through a period of significant change? Because now we see what's going on right now with, with employees. Yeah. Well, first uh, it changes easier if people trust you and they see you every day. I, they, people saw me every, I walked the operation. I mean, when I ran a hotel, the employees all saw me three times a day. I was walking, talking, checking. And so when something was wrong, there was a crisis. They, they were part of it. I always told people, I'm not the boss. I'm part of the team. And, you know, I'm not the boss. I'm a teacher. I go around teaching all day, showing you how to be better. You know, I don't try to intimidate you. I don't want to make you scared. I don't want you to think I'm a bad guy. And uh, so when you have to make change, it's easier if people trust you and believe you're doing it properly and showing respect to people. But making change is hard. Okay, Lee. So, so change is something very important in, in what we're talking about. In the fast-paced business environment, change we know is inevitable. How do you recommend leaders navigate and lead their teams through a period of significant change? 
Yeah, I think when you're going to have to do change with your family or with your uh, people at work or in any situation, uh, the better they know you, the better you know them, the more clear you've been about excellence and how we do things around here when you hire them and that you talk about it all the time, that we're always going to do it the better way. And uh, then when it comes, you know, the biggest problem is not the change. It's the person who's responsible for making the change doing it. They, uh, you know, you got to you got to do the hard things. This is it's hard. Like layoffs are hard and uh, having difficult conversations with people about their performance is hard. Mm-hmm. And uh, but it's I always tell people when in doubt, just manage like a mother because mothers don't care. They they do the hard things because they they care. And uh, mm-hmm. if you care, you'll do the hard things. Most of the problems in business are leadership problems. Uh, you know, as I said, you know, if your people are not doing what they're supposed to do, it's your fault. You know, if when you were being growing up and you didn't do what you were supposed to do, it was your mother's fault. Uh, so we always want to blame all this other stuff and the weather, the government, uh, you know, I'm, I was poor. Uh, you know, it's hard to find people. Uh, you know, people don't stay. People blah, blah, blah. The Generation Z and X and J, they're a problem. And, you know, those people from that other country are a problem. And, you know. You've no, seen it all. It's not. It's you got to be a leader. Leaders have to do the hard things, and leaders have to do what has to be done when it has to be done, whether you like it or not. That's what the job is about. Mm-hmm. Uh, ask your mother. There's many days she probably wanted to give you up for adoption, and uh, <laughs> kept you though. She stuck in there, and it's just yeah. a matter of in your life. The difference between success and not is take. It's like exercise. You know why people don't exercise? Because it's hard. It's the only reason. That's the only reason. And then you get older and you find out you have regrets. Mm -hmm. And by the way, when you're in a leadership job or you're a mother, you have huge responsibility. You decided Mm -hmm. to be responsible for these people's lives. Hmm. It's not just a job. It's responsibility. Uh, and uh, you got to think about it. Are you doing what you're responsible for? And, and, and maybe and, even, and a lot of leaders don't even know what responsibility means. Uh, it's hard. I, all I can tell you is people say, I want to be a manager. I say, Are you crazy? You want to run your life? You got to make hard decisions every day. And it's all you have every day are obstacles. And every one of those obstacles is a person, a human. And you got to deal with it. And uh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not that easy. It's, it's not that easy. Um, talking about leadership and, and, and knowing what true leadership means, um, I know that you are uh, an advocate about work life balance. Um, balancing a successful career with personal life can be challenging, obviously. Um, what advice do you have for individuals striving to maintain a healthy work life balance? Well, I think I married a saint, you know, she, uh, her dad was a Navy admiral. She moved 12 times before she met me. She was used to moving and change. And, uh, and, uh, I worked a lot at Hilton, Marriott and Disney. But, uh, when I was off, I spent time focused on her and my son. I didn't go play golf. I didn't go do whatever people do. I didn't go out to bars at night by myself. I, I focused on them. So I think it's not 
how much time you spend with people. It's how you spend the time when you have time. Mm-hmm. And we had a good relationship and uh, uh, we dealt with things. And, uh, you know, it was, uh, it's, uh, if you want, let me tell you what, if you want to do both, you can do both. You know, you got to figure out how to spend your time. So when I come mm-hmm. home, I said, even at Disney, I worked basically five days a week. I came home at around seven o'clock at night because at five o'clock I went to the gym and worked out every day. And I came home, saw my wife for two hours, went to bed, got up, left in the morning. But on Saturday and Sunday, we went to lunch. We spent time together. We took our son out for an outing to the park. Or When we went out to dinner, even when he was a baby, we took him with us, put him on the booth. He slept there. We just made sure we were together. And it's a lot of people are together and they don't pay attention to each other. They, you know, mm-hmm. and and uh, yeah. So it's a matter of how you think about it. You don't have to spend two hours a day with your wife. You have to make sure those times when you have it, you're paying attention to her and mm-hmm. listening. And is she happy or are you a problem? And <laughs> you know, and uh, yeah. it, it's it's sensitivity to people. And I tell you, today it's more important than ever for leaders because people are having a lot of mental health issues. There's mm-hmm. a lot of uh, uh, people are depressed. They're yep. worried. They're there's a, and leaders need to pay attention to that. Yeah, because if you pay attention, you will know. When you go home at night, you will know if you want to know. You mm-hmm. will know if you want to know. And you got to just be more alert and pay attention. And women are different, so emotionally they. You've got to uh, listen. And uh, my I wife's very sick, right? My wife's got a lot of problems right now with her back. Oh, for and real? she's in a lot of pain. And she's going to physical therapy. And over our whole marriage, I'll be laying on the couch, you know, doing something. She'll say, can you do this? Can you do that? And I always had a bad attitude. Oh, God, again, you know. <laughs> you know. And, <laughs> but now she's got some pain and problems. And I said to her the other day, I said, Priscilla, I want to tell you something. I'm going to take care of you. And I don't care what you ask me to do. I'm going to do it because I've had a change of attitude. She said, hmm. how did you do that? I said, I decided to do it. And now I'm doing everything in the house and she's happy. And I'm not, I'm not mad anymore because I know why I'm doing it. Well, you made I'm a decision. A, you she made told me that me saying that to her made all the difference in the world. That one. <laughs> and, and, and have there been mentors or role models who significantly influenced your leadership style? Or oh, basically, what you're just saying? Uh, how important is mentorship in personal and professional development? Yeah, I would say the two early mentors were my mother and my grandmother. My grandmother was the nicest person in the whole world. Everybody loved her. My mother was very tough, disciplined do things, reliability. And then I had two good bosses, one in Marriott and, uh, and uh, one at Hilton that really gave me a lot of, they were tough. They pushed me because I was very defensive. I didn't like feedback. I never was, it was never my fault. And they straightened me out. And uh, they, one day my boss said, Lee, do you realize the world does not revolve around Lee Cockerell? <laughs> Just do your job. Quit being defensive. You know how defensive people are. You meet them every day. And nobody wants to work with a defensive person. They just ignore you after a while. Yeah. That's why, you know, uh, and it happens in marriages too. Get in arguments. Mm -hmm. And every argument I had with my wife, it was probably my fault. 
because I'm insecure because <laughs> I grew up with five fathers and I have an insecurity problem. And uh, you're, you know, your brain is triggered yeah. by things that happened yes. a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And half the stuff in your brain's not even true. Mm-hmm. Half the stuff you don't even know is up there. It's going to make you do things you don't know why you did it. Why did I say that? Why did I do that? And you can retrain yourself. If you can become aware of that problem, you can think about it a lot and it doesn't trigger. Mm-hmm. You know, it just, it takes a lot of work about thinking, thinking, mm-hmm. because I'm going to tell you, you can anticipate it's going to happen. She's going to say mm-hmm. something. And I've already thought about it. I'm not going to react. I'm not going to react. <laughs> and with customers too, customers are getting mad at you. I already have decided I don't overreact. Customer happens. My job is to make them happy. I want their credit card. That's the only reason I. <laughs> Bottom line, that's what you want. Yeah, uh, but if you you're not that. nice to people, they won't give you their credit card. So I just, I'm, they can say anything to me. It doesn't bother me a bit. They can call me every name in the book. I'm <laughs> get the but, card, but that, get the credit card. <laughs> but but being kind. Um, usually it requires you to have some communication skills and strategies. Um, effective communication is, is, is a cornerstone of leadership. Um, what communication strategies do you believe are essential for leaders to inspire and engage their teams? Well, the first one is tell the truth and make sure you have a reputation that when Lee speaks to you, whether it's good or bad, it's true. And I trust mm-hmm. him. And the other thing is do it with empathy mm-hmm. and this, you know, deliver the bad news because you're helping people. You're not, you're not doing it for you. You're doing it for them. So they don't get in trouble and fired. And so it's a matter of, I think somebody told me, how do you deal with difficult things? I said, best way I found out is just tell the truth. Tell the truth. You know, it's not easy, but it's, you know, when you tell the truth, it works out. Can, can, can you can you share a particular leadership challenge you faced at Disney or Marriott or Hilton and, and, and how you navigate it through? Oh, yeah. 9-11. I was mm. in charge, you know, and I had a big team and I, I stepped back and let them. I, they had some skills I didn't have uh, from some of my vice presidents and I let them run. They stepped up and I stepped back and. Uh, I can give it up. I mean, I'm I'm there to get the job done. I don't have to be in charge. And I don't have to be the guy with all the answers. But mm-hmm. I have a team that trusted me. I had excellent people. So most teams don't trust their boss. They don't, you know. I tell people today, why? how do we solve problems at Disney? When I was there, we did not have a long table with me at the front. We sit in a circle And we're there for one reason, to solve the problem. And I tell people today, quit having meetings, have conversations about your the problem, and then let them go. Don't blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Just like your mother. You got a problem, we have a conversation. And we come to an agreement. That's it. This bullshit. Meetings, meetings, meetings. No, God. And, have conversations. No table. So you can't hide your phone. No table, just chairs. We sit around just like at home and talk about it. Let's and talk. you will get the you'll get the right answers because your people know things you don't know. Mm-hmm. They know a lot you don't know. And mostly when you have actually somebody told me you 
mostly every boss has no idea what their people are doing. <laughs> exactly. And you know, having, having 40,000 employees, how do you, how yeah, are you I don't supposed know what to know? I had departments. I didn't even know we had them. <laughs> That's a good one. We reorganized <laughs> once and the department came a year later and said, what happened? Nobody talked to us. We didn't even know they were there. <laughs> For real? Yeah. I mean, a bit, you know, dude. And how do you go about assembling and nurturing high-performing teams? What qualities do you look for, for in, in, in team members? Well, we're, obviously, we look for a good attitude. We look for and the reliability, organ, ability to organize and make hard decisions. And then certainly every job has different technical requirements if you're a lawyer mm -hmm. or whatever. And uh, then every day the team whoever's leading the team, you've got to work hard every day making sure they, uh, you're building this trust. Mm -hmm. I mean, your people can tell you anything. I mean, mm -hmm. I can, it doesn't, I, they can come and tell me, Lee, you're making a mistake. I don't think that's right. We can talk about it. I mean, it's, you got to get over this hierarchy, you know, you know, it's like the same story. Everybody's important. Take mm -hmm. a soccer team. Everybody's important. And the coach doesn't play. The coach makes sure he gets the team with attitude, be on time to practice, uh, don't get in big fights, don't get yep, red cards. Uh, you know. And yeah, who's not important on the team? Who's not important? No, oh, everybody's important. That's <laughs> that's a fact. And the problem is usually the boss. They got a big ego. It's macho man. I'm in charge. I know everything. That's where they get in trouble. And and That's where you get in trouble. What about personal development? Uh, like you know, nowadays uh, continuous learning is crucial for personal and professional growth. Um, what habits or practices do you incorporate into your routine for ongoing self improvement? Well, I think that's one thing you got to. I, I read every single night for thirty minutes. That's all. I don't like to read, but it's book by my bed, whatever it is, leadership, magic, whatever. Um, and I get in bed, 30 minutes I read. So that's 365 days a year. I uh, I learn a lot from um, uh, web websites I follow, or uh, I read The Economist and The Atlantic magazines. They're totally, mm -hmm. they're 150 years old. They're totally, mm -hmm. uh, they that's where you get the truth. You don't get it from Tic Tac or TikTok or whatever. <laughs> you got to have places where you know you're getting the truth. Mm -hmm. And social media is not that place. Definitely and, not. Um, you know, be willing to take feedback. Uh, uh, but if anything you don't know is your own fault. Mm -hmm. You have that phone in your pocket. You have Google. Anything you don't know is your fault. No excuse. No excuses. This is not like 1940 where you had to go get your encyclopedia. No. Somebody, you know, if you don't know, you don't want to know. Mm -hmm. And I think the other problem today, the leaders are not encouraging people. A lot of people are insecure. People underestimate what they can achieve when you're young. People underestimate the influence they have every day. So they misbehave. They say inappropriate things, sexual harassment, uh, you know. And uh, 
nobody should underestimate what they can achieve because it's never too late to learn. It's never too late to get better. It's never too late to get healthier. It's never too late to improve a relationship. You just got to realize it takes a little time and you mm -hmm. focus. You focus on what you want. Mm -hmm. I, tell, I tell people I weigh the same weight I weighed 50 years ago. And they say, why? I say, because I want to. <laughs> Simple as that. <laughs> because I want because to. Because I want to. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> I'm married 55 years because I want to. And it, my wife, we had problems, you know. But we mm -hmm. stuck in there and got it done. And, and so all this, too many excuses. You're responsible mm -hmm. for you. No, mm -hmm. Nobody's going to help you. Nobody cares. Actually, nobody cares about you anyway. Maybe your You're mother. responsible. Only your mother, maybe. But nobody else. Everybody says, we love you. You're more important. No, you're, they don't care. They'll fire you tomorrow. They'll lay you off. Like no, you've got to develop yourself. You've got to go mm -hmm. get what you want. You've got to take risks. A guy says, you know, I hate my job. It's leave. You know? <laughs> leave. <laughs> go uh, become an entrepreneur keep doing a good job while you look for another job so you leave when you want to exactly but keep doing a good job and then leave i mean everybody's got these excuses that poor me poor me poor me no i could go on it was my mother's fault and my mother was a dysfunctional my grandparents were dysfunctional we were poor. I don't have a college degree. I blah blah. I will live. Yeah, I grew yeah, up yeah, in a very uh, uh, a place with very uh, 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 lack of appreciation for other people. Very bigoted place. Very racist place. Right. I tell people today. Now I have friends named Mohammed. <laughs> Imagine that. And Jose. And Jose. <laughs> and Maria. And. <laughs> Because I got out of, you cannot stay in an environment and a culture which is not working for you. Exactly. And I tell young people today, as soon as you graduate from college, get out of the village. Travel. Get out of the village. Go to New York. Go to Chicago. It may be tough, but you're going to learn. My daughter, my granddaughter right now is moving to Manhattan. She's 25 <laughs> years old with her husband. She, she wants to go where the action is. And yeah. when you're young, you should live in New York. And when you're old, you live in Florida or Puerto Rico. <laughs> At the beach in Dorado. <laughs> oh, and you've had a, a, a remarkable career. Um, <laughs> how do you hope your leadership and contributions will be remembered? And what legacy do you aspire to leave behind? My only legacy is I want to be remembered as a teacher. Hmm. That's it. Nobody likes the boss. So I don't want to be remembered that. I want to be remembered that I helped people get better and I taught them and I have a lot of experience, you know, and I, mm -hmm. I use it every day. I meet with people every day to help them. That's awesome because no, no, not so many people take the time to give back and share the knowledge uh, that no. they have. And, and that's, that's something that, that, that says a lot of, about the persona. Um, what advice do you have for individuals aspiring to, to leadership roles, particularly in the hospitality and service industry, uh, industries as, as you were, you know, as your career? I would say if you want whatever you want to be in, pick one thing and become an expert in it. Food and beverage, marketing, front office, uh, anything. Become the best and then you'll get promoted. 
I became the best waiter they ever had. I was reliable. I came early. I did my job. I always looked good. I did. Uh, boom. It doesn't matter. If you're going to clean bathrooms, be the best cl bathroom cleaner the world has ever seen. <laughs> and you will be noticed. And then you'll be in charge of the bathroom cleaners. And then one day you'll be the general manager. Become an expert. Pick one thing. Read about it every day. Study it. Go visit your competitors. Become, just absorb this. You become the expert. Hmm. It's like if you want to be a good chef, cook. <laughs> you know? yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cook. I mean, that this is, is it. It's that easy. I'm telling you, people don't realize how easy it is. Be when you're an expert, everybody wants you. And today with IT, technology, uh, computer science, you don't have to go to college. You can become an expert. You can go <laughs> online and train yourself. YouTube is the best university nowadays. I use YouTube <laughs> every time I have something in my house that's a problem. I look it up. I fix it now. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Warren Buffett Seriously. says that, that you have to increase your skills under hard times. When, when hard times comes, you just have to increase your skills and be exactly. the best. Yeah, definitely. And anything you do every day, you will get better. Yeah. And, and how do you see uh, technology shaping the future of the hospitality industry and, and what role should innovation play in providing exceptional guest experiences? It's going to be tricky. Because I think some people are overdoing it with technology and a lot of people still want the human touch because we have a lot of older people still around. Maybe in another 10 years, it'll be less of a problem because everybody born now is on technology. But uh, some, you, you know, I don't know. I mean, AI may be, you need the human interference sometime, the human person to step up and listen to your story. But uh, I... Uh, I'm I'm concerned about so much technology right now where you can't reach anybody. You got a problem. It's like you don't know if it's been taken care of. You, uh, but you need both. I mean, it's always that's one of those changes. Everybody, oh, change. Well, yeah. I mean, I have to use. My, <laughs> I have to know how to use technology. I have to do it. I have to, uh, but I also have to be available. You know, I don't. Yeah. I don't text my wife I love her I tell her to her face <laughs> that's that's a good but but thanks to technology that's how we you and I get to get in touch directly right. without any well, intermediary good. yeah it's and good. Just I, good you know yeah. I tell people say I, I didn't that relationship you have with people I did I lived all over the US I I never only saw my mother twice a year <laughs> but I called that's her every Sunday So it was fine, you know. Mm. It's how you use technology, you know, and how mm -hmm, you. Mm -hmm. And my son just sent us an email and said, I just sent you a Christmas wreath. It'll be there tomorrow. <laughs> you know, yeah. just lots of little things. But yeah. My son was working at Disney. He made an appointment with his mother once a month to take her to lunch. That's so, so nice, man. To have a talk together. The yeah. Two. I mean. Yeah. And, and. Can you share any current projects you're working on or future endeavors that you're excited yeah. about? No, I've got one. Uh, the Main Street Leader is a new document. I'll send you a copy. And uh, it's nine ninety five a month. You. It's a training course. It's, every month you get a whole new one, like kind of like what we used at Disney. And uh, it's in Spanish, Portuguese, awesome. English. Yeah. Comes out every month. 
I, I just, we're writing another book right now. I did 44 videos last week on, it's going to be called the, oh, we're not sure of the title, but probably the frontline uh, rules for people that are 17, 18, 19, 20, that want to get into business to hmm. teaching them the things you need to know before you go for an interview, how you get all the things that'll help you be successful, being on time to work, the way, way you dress, the so that's coming out soon, and uh, we just keep trying to come. I have the Cockerel Academy, which has got 10 courses on it now. Mm-hmm. Time management, leadership, uh, customer service. Uh, we That's a subscription base, and people buy that. And they have a call with me once a month to talk about their problems. And so we have a lot of stuff on my website, LeeCockerel.com. Everything's there. And uh, my books, I got... Uh, six books and uh, they're back here on the wall and uh, they're they're good practical advice because they're not written by college professors they're written by experience (laughs) that's a difference that's a difference i did it i did did it it for how many years 40 years 42 years i worked out there it's crazy 42 years that was enough Lee, oh, you do what you want to do. Yeah, this. I think this podcast has been so nice. I try to cover all your all the bases, as we as we call it. Um, uh, thank you so much for sharing your knowledge. Uh, this is Spark of TV. This is the entertainment business in Spanish. That's how the, our podcast is called, El Negocio del Entretenimiento, the entertainment business. And um, right. I just want to say thank you to you. Thank you for sharing sharing all these insights from your experience. Uh, it's been quite one thing, by the way, one thing that's very, uh, is new. We, we post every morning, 60 to 90 second video on okay. Instagram, yeah. on Instagram. Instagram. And we went from 4,000 followers to 17,000 in two weeks because it's they're short. Sweet. Boom. Uh, so listen, your listeners that... might like to watch those. Okay. Yeah. Follow. It's Lee Cockrell on Instagram, right? Lee Cockrell. Yep. Uh, we're it's called Lee, it's Lee Cockrell Magic. Uh, Lee Cockrell Magic. So everybody go to Instagram, follow Lee. Lee is a master of like, <laughs> like you can, you can tell his, 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 like a Google walking in terms of management, leadership. This guy is, is second to none in, 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 in that, uh, in the industry, in, in those matters of, of, of operational management, you know, uh, so much respect for you. Your content is great. That's how I, you and I get in touch uh, because I, I I saw one of your videos. I, I just share it and you suddenly just, oh, yo, you, you text me, uh, say, send me an ADM. And I was like, hey, this cannot be Lee. Let me just, let me just go for the kill. Uh, you want to be on a podcast? <laughs> and then, yeah, call me. I was like, no, this cannot be Lee. Let me call him. <laughs> so uh, I really appreciate your honesty, your humbleness, and, and thank you very much. I really appreciate I, it. I enjoyed it as well. You take care. Maybe we'll do it again one day.